Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with Monkey Tennis. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details monkey tennis is brought to you by norfolk truck fest do you like driving in convoy are you a fan of american things if the answers are yes then the Norfolk Truck Fest is the weekend for you. Whether your idol is John Wayne or Wayne Sleep, get on your horse and come on down to the Norfolk Truck Fest and see famous monster trucks from each side of the Atlantic. Taking place on Saturday, October 22nd, early bird tickets available now. Meet and greets with TV's Timmy Mallet available for an additional £2. Please note, horses are prohibited from the site, as are Japanese Mercedes. Welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast, pouring the sunny D of discussion onto the VHS of Alan and trying not to ruin it for everyone. Uh, this is a very special episode. The sound you'll be able to hear in the background is Tom Stab pouring Sunny Delight equivalent into a box of VHS tapes. We've got Schindler's List, Scream 3, Speed, Memento, several others. We're going to see if this ruins them or not. Get back to you at the end of the episode when we insert them into a VHS player and hopefully enjoy some uh, VHS highlights rather than ruined cassette tapes. Uh, so now on with the episode, which is episode four, Never Say Alan Again. Monkey Tennis. Damn! Monkey Tennis. Little piece, my foot of his thigh. Monkey Tennis. Go to London, I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey Tennis. Monkey Tennis, uh, on the whole, a very good effort, 7 on 10. It's hotter than the sun! 
back of the net. Monkey Tennis. Hello everyone, Nick from Monkey Tennis here. Uh, before we get started with this week's show, just a quick reminder about our live event at the Prince Charles Cinema on November the 24th. Actually, I probably should have opened this message with an aha. Actually, that would have been a bit sad. I'm really, really sorry. Anyway, uh, if you haven't booked tickets already, please do so now. All the information is on the Prince Charles Cinema website where you can book tickets. Um, So we look forward to seeing you then. We've got a lot planned, so we really, really hope to see you then. Um, There's only a few tickets remaining, so get in quick before they all go. uh, Because needles to say you'll have a lovely time. I've done it again. I'm shit-chatting. Right, anyway, on with the show. See you later. Bye. So, episode four, Never Say Alan Again. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Butter my arse. Nick Older. Strawberry Nesquilk. And Tom Stab. <laughs> Tax. <laughs> so the DVD description of Never Say Alan Again is, uh, Alan and Michael plan to spend a bank holiday weekend watching every single James Bond film back-to-back. Alan helps Sonia work out the catering arrangements for the perfect Bondathon, but then finds out about Michael's American-loving trucking friend. Ominous. Now, no factual inaccuracies on the DVD copy there this week, I think. Doesn't no. seem it, does it? Right. They've better. got it right. Well done, auntie. Well done. You've got one right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, opens, as usual, in uh, the radio studio. Yeah, always the same. Yeah. Uh, he's playing a local artist, which is a bit of a... Christian Laveau. Yeah. Now, did anybody try Googling Christian Laveau? No. Obviously, no, I know he's fictional, but uh, just out of interest, there are only five Christian Laveaus on Facebook, so... Mm. Rare, a rarity. There you go. Uh, with his with his soon to be hits, I loved you, but you left me, and lonely because you left me. See, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did wonder the, the look on his face. You think initially, oh, he's bored, he's half asleep, or is he sad? Are the lyrics hitting home about Carol? Is that what he's thinking about? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. 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 Long lost. Good point. Carol. Lovely Awful Carol. Narcissistic sports pimp. Oh no, that relationship didn't last though, did it? I think. I think they. In the end, it turned out that the oh, sports the sports pimp moved on. Probably. Mm. Not sure. Yeah, he's an idiot. He drinks like yellow stuff in tins. Well, exactly. <laughs> so Alan then hosts uh, a phone-in where he essentially asks what celebrity you would like to hang out with on the weekend and what would you be doing? Um, people phone in suggesting they'd like to clean out the attic with Kate Winslet, which, to be honest, that sounds absolutely brilliant. Uh, wondered That'd if be you quite went, good, yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd be, be awesome. And, and also yeah. go to Legoland with Sean Connery. That was one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's would he, also would good. he go? He wouldn't go. Well, I did wonder, would Sting like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? <laughs> <laughs> I find myself questions. wondering that. Yeah. What would you do though if you could uh, hang out with a celebrity on the weekend? Who would it be? What are you doing? I'm thinking you want maximum fun. You want? To, I'm thinking it's Dave Benson Phillips and you're on a bouncy castle. Wow. I was going to go quite similar actually. I was going to say Laser Quest with Adam Buxton. No. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you uh, know what? Just anything with buckles. Yeah, anything yeah. with buckles would be great. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go for a lovely bike ride around Richmond Park with Rachel Riley. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Oh, yeah. Can I can I have that one, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> I was going to go shopping in John Lewis with Emily Blunt. <laughs> Get out! That's brilliant. No, that's great. <laughs> uh, uh, so Alan soon throws over to Insomniac's boyfriend, Dave Clifton. I, lo- I love that line. Yeah, that who, so uh, who then accuses of hanging out with his uh, imaginary friends, Johnny Walker and Jack Daniels. <laughs> Dave, the alcoholic. I feel like that's too good for Alan. Like He isn't that funny, but that is actually quite a funny line. I yeah. think Alan isn't that funny. And then he tries to come up with a third and comes up with Glenn Morangi, which is actually <laughs> the best of the three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we, did, we did miss out um, the cooler, uh, Roy. So it's, it's the same Roy, even though this Roy is from Case to St. Edmunds. It's exactly the same voice. I think the implication is it's the same character as Roy from Bungie. Maybe he's so moved. So again, it's, uh, maybe he's moved. You do get um, repeat callers when you're on late night radio. Yeah. 
And, and again, so as we talked about the other week, that is actually voiced by Simon Greenall. Uh, I did look into Case to St. Edmund as well to find more interesting facts. Oh, uh, you about ma- darkness again. No, no, no. We, we, we've done that bit now. Um, but <laughs> arguably, uh, it's a better fact. Which okay, I don't be- think bear with us, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Give, give Thomas so, moment. Case to St. Edmund has a population of 289, according to the 2001 <laughs> cen- census. And on the Wikipedia page, the most interesting bullet point is Eng- English comedic character Alan Partridge was married in the church. <laughs> so the main there. Wikipedia fact is something which is entirely fictional. Brilliant. Lovely. That's great. Anyway, hide the stake. It's Chrissy Hind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan's soon flummoxed by Dave's genuine showbiz connection to Tony Hadley. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. He's gutted about this. <laughs> Absolutely he? blindsided. Yeah. <laughs> that takes all the wind out of his sails as well. He is completely caught off guard by that and genuinely tries to turn it around to see if he can actually get in on the action. And Clifton is having none of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. I, I would say they're catty with each other in this yeah. scene. You know, it's it, they're really going for each other. Especially Clifton's uh, when he when he hears about. Alan's plans to watch all the Bond films over the bank holiday weekend. Also, Alan Partridge licensed to kill time (laughs) in his caravan by watching videos. (laughs) Kill time would have been funny. There's no need to add the end. Yeah. So thinking about it, that would actually make for a perfect answer for the feature about who uh, you would hang out with on the weekend. Tony Hadley on an archery course. That sounds great. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. I'm on board. Yeah, me too. Alan wants to watch all the Bond movies on VHS. What, does anyone got any insight into what? the state of VHS in 2002? Surely it's, I mean, it, it's, it's already a, a comedy. I, I think, is I that think, the joke? Yeah, it must be. I don't think it's, it is. Not I think you had, you had VHS and DVD were kind of side yeah. by side, and DVD was still the more premium product in those days. Because this was 2002. Yeah. I, I don't think we got our first DVD. I think we got our first DVD, DVD player in about 2000. So I think there's still VHS is being produced. At what, this I think more people the, had VHS. And I, also, thought, Alan's bought these, and like he's had them for years. Yeah, DVD, well, has he bought D- them or recorded them off ITV? Mm, true. <laughs> DVD was a new format, but it hadn't taken off, had it? Because I'm just thinking about the first DVDs I bought, yeah. which were at twenty pounds each from Blockbuster Ooh. Video. Yeah, Ooh. everything, everything in that sentence is already out of date. Uh, the Blair Witch Project <laughs> and the original American Pie. I knew it was going to be American <laughs> Pie. <laughs> I was going to say, can I guess? I'm annoyed I didn't. American twenty pie, pounds American, American pie, pie DVDs littering the charity shops of this <laughs> yeah. country. Blair, uh, Blair Witch was my second. Uh, Bad Boys was my first, and I think I bought it from. Played, play twenty four seven. Remember, it yes. used to be called Play twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I buy that. DVDs yeah. from there. Mine the, was the Foster's Menswear of uh, <laughs> recorded <laughs> yeah, movies. Really. Mine was the first X Men and Blade Runner. <laughs> They're quite good films, actually. Yeah. Oh, and American Beauty because, um, yeah, oh, yeah boobs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boob Olympics. No. Sadly, Boob Olympics is not available. Oh. VHS. I don't know. Can we can we check? Nick, do a quick Google on Boob Olympics. Uh, so again. <laughs> Alan tries to uh, talk down archers by saying he hates archers, Jeffrey Archer, and the archers, although they are a mixed bag. Uh, and I think the archers is unfair. I think the uh, the archers are great. Remember when I went through that period of listening to the archers, Tom? Yes, I know a lot of the archers fans. Yeah, out there. But to be honest, it got too much. It's like twenty minutes a day, five days a <laughs> it week. Got too, it, not it, the plot lines got too much. They're too intense. I can't take this anymore. Yeah, I mean the plot lines all revolve around the kind of farming community. I mean it was fine, but uh, yeah, I, just, I lost interest. <laughs> Fair dues. <laughs> um, Alan's back on the polo necks, I noticed as well. Another snazzy polo Love neck. Love a polo neck. So itchy. Um, so I think that's it for the radio segment, isn't it? Well, I kind of put a bit of a note in, just, and it's not specific to this part, but could Alan ever have played Bond or be considered for Bond? No. No. Well, we see him go through the motions later on in the episode, don't we, in terms of... True, that's kind of like a mini audition, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work, does it? I, I can imagine peak era Coogan being the equivalent of... 
a Brosnan type Bond. I, I think he's much more Roger Moore, I'd say. Okay. I think Coogan is. Well, he certainly likes well, Roger Moore you, more, I think. You do have that thing with Alan being obsessed with Roger Moore, which is very much based on the real Steve Coogan as well. Oh he had posters of Roger Moore mm. on his uh, bedroom wall. You can go. read more about in his uh, autobiography. Lovely. So we're now at the BP garage uh, where Tex is on the scene, played by the excellent Peter Serafinowicz. Sorry, Sorry text. Tex. Yeah. <laughs> the got joke. Got That's the joke. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah who's uh, talking to Michael about how excited they are to get a truck fest in Ipswich, which uh, is a real thing. Oh, really? Uh, there was a truck fest at the, in Ipswich reported in the Ipswich Star on the 25th of May 2009. 1,500 people turned up. Wow. Well, quite a big attendance. Yeah, not too bad. Now, my question to the group is, do you, without looking at uh, notes or using the internet, can you spell Peter Serafinovich's surname? <laughs> I would not. not. Um, I, I don't think I've even pronounced it correctly, I'll, to be honest. I'll give it a go. Okay. Uh, we, we all take a turn, it's fine. S-E-R-A-F-I-N-O-W-I-S-C-Z. That was so close. Uh, Impressive. Uh, you were wrong by... You added in an extra letter, basically. Oh, I, did I add a C? And it you was, added uh, an extra C. S. Oh, bugger. Uh, we probably won't bother. That's kind of giving it away, then, isn't it? Good effort, though. Yeah, uh, nine on ten. Mm. Uh, we perhaps them. don't need to go through everything he's been in, but basically every good comedy and decent film of the it's last 15 years. Uh, uh, he was in those Star Wars films, though. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That weren't very the, good. Well, the voice yeah, of going to turn down a Star Wars film? No, I wasn't saying you should turn it down, but just saying you said he'd done loads of brilliant stuff, and I was just saying not everything yeah, was brilliant. Okay, let me rephrase that. He's done <laughs> every good comedy and film of the last 15 or so years, and some Star Wars films. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Accuracy is key. Brian Butterfield. Oh, yeah, I love Brian Butterfield. <laughs> Christmas bomb, 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 bombs. <laughs> anyway. No, no, I think the, uh, the honk, honk move they do, that just reminds me of Peep Show. Yeah. yeah well, uh, I'm they thinking were, of L Dude Brothers. I did look up who, who might have got it from who. What's the overlap on this? Ooh. Did Michael and Texas honking inspire the L Dude Brothers? Uh, this was first broadcast on the 25th of November 2002. Yep. Peep Show introduced the L Dude honk on the 19th of September 2003. Mm. There we go. Mm. So there's potential for some inspiration there. I didn't realise that Peep Show had been going for that long. That's yeah. pretty impressive that they've the run hills. for as long as they have. And That's the longest running, uh, longest running comedy channel four ever had, Peep Show. Oh, impressive. There's a, there's a little bit in the text introduction here where I'm not convinced that he really knows that much about the American things that he claims to like. <laughs> yeah. He talks about, I think, I think talks you're right. About, imagine driving across the States on one of them roads, Route 66, <laughs> as if that's just one of many <laughs> options. You know, that is the road, isn't it? And when he says, like, te- uh, Tex, short for Terry, and Texas... Like, why would you name like that doesn't make any sense no he's clutching at straws isn't he yeah American straws yeah uh, I like the, uh, the the fact that uh, Alan has a British equivalent for a lot of the things Tex mentions Texas Dr Pepper cooler put it on the tab Alan Ginster's fridge put it on the slate I think I'd go I'd, I'd like to combine those to have the Dr Pepper and the, the, the Ginster's we're not saying it's not an all, it's not a menu. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I misunderstood. I'm not taking orders. Adam's not a waiter. Yeah. He, he's the host of the podcast. Yes. Um, and as we mentioned, when um, when Alan got a friend in Dan Moody a few episodes ago, Michael was very laissez-faire about the whole thing. It was totally fine. But uh, Alan, on the contrary, hates Michael having another friend, especially one who likes things that Alan doesn't personally rate. Do they, do they talk about how Michael and Tex became friends? Is it just through his visits to the garage? I think so. So, it, yeah. So the same way that kind of Alan and Dan could have become friends, but I doesn't, feel like after this accident, they're probably not. Doesn't Michael say that he talks to him and a few other four men? Four, four, four men. men. Yeah. 
<laughs> Alan thought he had exclusive rights, but yeah. it turns out he did not. He's no. very much part of a franchise. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, if that's all I've got for the BP garage. Uh, well, you've got a, you've got a bit of Kit Kat action in there, which is just yet more Alan Partridge revolving around chocolate, which mm-hmm. is very very common. So the only thing that um, I would just say on this scene before we move on is uh, Alan says to Michael, uh, "I don't remember inviting you, but." Earlier in the show, when we see him at the radio studio, he says, I'm going to watch all the Bond films with my friend Michael. So Have he's you... invited him via the radio. You've and... spotted a continuity error there, haven't you? Uh, another, another comms bomb. <laughs> Hashtag comms bomb. They happen so often, we like to come up with a short name for them. <laughs> oh, there's one other thing, actually, in the BP garage as well. Tex calls Alan Colin. He's not even trying... That's not even, you know... <laughs> Not even close to yeah. Alan. I, some, I sometimes get Alan on the phone when I give my name to people because it's similar enough. But Alan Brooks. Alan Brooks. <laughs> but Colin and Alan, yeah. he's not even trying, is he? <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so then I think we're over at the, uh, the house. Ye where house. the builder's suggesting that uh, Alan would make a good James Bond. Um, and They're lying when they say that, aren't they? Yeah, of course yeah. they are. Yeah. Also, that's quite complimentary from a man who was ripping up the skirting board a few weeks ago. He's mellowed a bit. Um, do, you th- do you think Coogan enjoyed pretending to be Bond jumping around the house with an imaginary gun as well? Definitely. That was a bit Probably. of fun for him, yeah. Um, and he, he tries to bef- befriend the builder as well, uh, but gets as close as touching his nipple. Um, <laughs> uh, I can tell you a bit about, so this builder, uh, it's John, isn't it, this builder? Yeah. I can tell you a bit more about his uh, IMDb credits. So played by, well, Tim Dante playing John the Builder. Uh, he's got the big three. He's been in Holby City, Doctors and Casualty. Yay! Uh, also, Brookside, All Creatures Great and Small, EastEnders, Hollyoaks, Coronation Street, The Bill, nine times, Silent Witness, and most recently, the film Everest. So basically, he is British acting royalty. He basically, <laughs> yes. He is massive. Like he's, he's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Yeah, no, well, well done. Nick's well impressed. Yeah, that is good for him. Well done, Tim. Yeah, well done, well done. mate. That's really good. Super. Um, there's another misspoken brand uh, down the line. Uh, he's talking about the. Uh, he's going through the Bond timetable and he refers to Nesquilk. <laughs> I just don't understand. And it stands out so yeah. much. Yeah. Like, it's really jarring. I genuinely hadn't noticed that. Yeah. Go back and listen to yeah, it and you won't know. be able to not hear well, it. I, I what, remember noticing that the very first time I wow. saw this on telly and What were some of the other weird. ones as well? So there's Nesquilk, there was uh, Draclia. <laughs> yeah. But then I wonder whether that is just a genuine mistake and they didn't pick up on it. I don't know. They make, it they can't they be. They it's ha- it happens too many times. They make a lot of them and it generally seems to be brand new. So they got Tommy Hillfinger, but that's the joke that it's a knockoff version anyway. There was another one that I can't remember now, but. Um, yeah. Why would you not be able to say Nesquik? I don't understand. I don't know. Well, it's a BBC rule. It's a brand name, but then but they said Tannoy before, oh, so um, I don't know. So he, he he runs through the Bond schedule at this point. I I time checked all the lengths of these Bond films to make sure that it, it does check out, and it does. Yeah, it, it does. Le- if anything, it leaves a bit too much time in between some of them. Well, I think he's allocating lots of time for having to uh, push. Should yeah. we say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he has got a dump in the schedule, hasn't he? Yeah, twenty minutes he's allowing for pooing. So he yeah. starts at what nine in the morning. Uh, yeah, nine a.m. What time did you to finish? Know. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I only went up as far as Diamonds Are Forever. I think I, I don't think he goes through the whole schedule, does he? Because well, like... he does. So in the schedule he's talking through with Sonia, I think he goes through about six or so films. But then when he's got the case of VHS tapes later, that's about six or seven films, but they're different. So he doesn't actually go through how many he's uh, how many he's planning on watching. Oh, okay. uh, but I did I did run the maths on this. If you're interested. If you wanted to watch all the Bond films back to back up to November 2002, which is when Die Another Day came out, so that was bang on top of 
pretty much this episode airing, I believe. Uh, yeah, this episode aired 2nd of December. So mm-hmm. Die Another Day came out, I think, late November. Um, so to watch from Doctor No to Die Another Day, that would take you 42 hours. So is that what Alan's planning on doing? Yeah, because he's watching them all over a bank holiday weekend, isn't he? There we he? go. So yeah. it's 42 hours a bomb. Yeah, so that's like three 15-hour days almost. Hmm. Jesus. Sounds tiring, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a miss, thanks. Um, so yeah, I, I looked through all the timings of the Bond films, and interestingly, the shortest Bond, only at 106 minutes, and the longest Bond at 148 minutes, are both quite recent Daniel Craig films. Quantum of Solace is the shortest, and Spectre is the longest. Mm. Uh, does have anybody have any favourite Bond films at all? Uh, my favourite is A View to a Kill. Roger Moore. Duran Duran. Yeah. What more do you want? That just sums up the 80s, doesn't it? That's exactly. great. Lovely. I'd probably go Goldeneye, but th- I'm more into the themes. I yeah. think uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, Cheryl Crow, that is a very underrated Banger. Bond theme. Carly Simon, Nobody Does It Better. That's yep. a great song. Uh, Radiohead did a good cover a few years back as well. Um, yeah. Or, or fa- favourite Bonds as well up for discussion. Well, I'm going to go for favourite Bond and favourite Bond film and favourite Bond theme all wrapped into one is Goldeneye. The first Bo- Bronhom. You'll uh, never know <laughs> how a... I watched you from the shadows as a child. <laughs> I mean, beautiful. That, you went there. Okay, I mean, that kind of, that's basically how it sounds. Um, it's a brilliant song. It's the first Bronhom. Um, love, uh, love the Bronhom. Love Bronhom. And, uh, but who's yeah, the best? Love, is it Roger Gold Moore? Knight. Is it Sean Connery? Or is it Bronholm? I think it's out of those three. It's Connery. I don't think I've watched enough of the older ones because they are like all a bit rubbish, aren't they? They're a bit hammy and a bit. I think a lot of the yeah, old ones great. haven't aged very yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've probably seen most of them on telly over the years, but I can't really remember enough to distinguish what happens in what film anymore. Just don't really care. You're listening to Never Say Podcast Again, <laughs> the James Bond podcast. <laughs> Never listen to this podcast again. <laughs> um, also, you mentioned that this went out on the 2nd of December. That's my birthday. So this went out on my 18th birthday. There you go. Are you yeah. staying to watch it? Uh, no, I think I was out in the lounge in Northampton getting shitted at £10 pounds all you can pro- drink. Probably the first time you'd been out to drink alcohol, I'd imagine, if it's your 18th yeah. birthday. Oh, what a yeah. voyage of discovery for yes, you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And my friend James Cattell jumped into a bush on the way home. We it, all had a good a time. Night. <laughs> had, you lost, a night. had you lost touch with that teacher by then? <laughs> no, yeah, no he, I was still at stopped, school. He stopped calling that. No, 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 don't he, know why. He, he, <laughs> he was 18, so by that point the teacher wasn't interested. Exactly. His house burnt down. Oh. Oh, it's gone a bit dark, isn't it? That's a Ricky Gervais reference. Yeah. Alan Sister Lynn, uh, I love you in a way at this point as well. Yeah. Which is, uh... Did anybody note Sonia's notebook in this scene? Uh, the, the Bono it, notebook. The Bono notebook. Yeah. So I think she's got a homemade cover, yes. a bit something like a 12-year-old schoolgirl would make, um, but it's dedicated to Bono. But it was hard to read oh, what the, what the word on the him? other cover. It said like Bono Cop or, or something. I, well, it was, is it a Ukrainian it word? It was C-O-H-R. I looked it up, it didn't mean anything. The only thing I can think is if you, if you spell it the other way around, it's R-H-O-C, which is like a misspelling of rock. I don't know. Mm. It's just it's gibberish, isn't it? And I think you can make out some other images that are on the uh, the cover that she's made. So I think you can see there's a Furby on it and stuff like that. So there's like a load of random <laughs> pictures. Yeah. So Lynn enters at this point absolutely relishing uh, the imaginary killing of Alan uh, in a little role play. She loves it as well. Like years of pent-up aggression and she finally unloads into uh, Alan. And fair play to him. He plays along with it and, you know, takes the bullets. It's a bit reminiscent of the uh, the shootout scene in space as well. Where Ooh, it is. Yeah, yeah. The, the fake gun shootouts are essentially irresistible. Yeah. Somebody, somebody draws out their fake gun, all of a sudden you've got one too. Yeah. 
Uh, Lynn displays a, a hint of racism here by uh, by implying that she thinks he could cut out some of the less important Bond films, and when pressed, she says the Welsh ones. <laughs> uh, she's also been on a date or going on a date to T- is, TGI Fridays. Is that the slightly racist bit, or when Alan basically does really bad impressions of Double O Seven? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd say that's probably like, the, the, the more yeah. slightly racist. That's true. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's certainly the the more racist of yeah, the pair. Yeah, maybe some's rubbed off on her. Uh, so she's going on a classic Lynn date, TGI Fridays. Uh, I wonder if she picked that or if Gordon did. Mm. I'd be happy with it. I don't think Lynn mm. would pick that. I don't think she'd have much... I don't think she'd mind, really. No. I mean, it, she seemed very excited about going for a curry in the rain for the for her date the other... In the laughing other at weather. Laughing at weather. I didn't even realise that TGIs are still going. Yeah, there's one, uh, there's one in the shopping centre near my house. Well, yeah, they've just, they've, uh, just opened one in Brighton as well. Oh. I went to one in London and spent £20 on a burger once. Twenty pounds on yeah. a burger. Is, is you t- could have bought American Pie on DVD for that. <laughs> I, I could, I can, and I have. Or go to Burger and Lobster and pay twenty pounds. Yeah. Um, Lynn goes to leave, and Alan swerves in front of her at the door because he wants to be first. Yeah, and I, I forgot. So Lynn actually bashes into the door on the way out as well, which oh. was something that I'd forgotten happened because that gets quite a big laugh as well. Mm. And, uh, and they're on the way to uh, commemorate her mother's death. Uh, with 10 minutes of uh, hardcore funeral time. Alan's got his Phil Collins 85 yes. uh, tour jacket on. Also jacket. Yep, <laughs> just like Castro GTX at Tony's funeral. It seems like he can't visit a graveyard without wearing some sort of embroidered signature jacket. And uh, there's some great air drumming coming up then as oh, well. Yes. Yep. He also describes the headstone as snazzy, which I thought was really inappropriate. Uh, just like uh, uh, Lynn's cardigan. I do like his line, you've got 10 minutes, go give it to yeah. her. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Um, also, the song that is playing is playing when he, when he lets her out of the car, but also when she comes back. But it, surely it's not a ten minute song. What is the song? It's it, the theme from something. The, it's the theme from Return of the Saint, which is music that uh, Coogan suggested to use. So Return of the Saint was basically the sequel show to The Saint. Uh, Return of the Saint was on ITV from 1978 to 1979. Uh, the Saint was 62 to 69, starring Roger Moore. So again, you've got that thing where right. basically Coogan himself was a massive fan of these shows, clearly, so that's where it's come from. Um, also, what I thought was quite interesting, what I learned from the commentary, is in this scene, Peter Bainham was literally sat in the back of the car with them whilst they're filming because the lines of the script were still being worked on right up to the last minute of filming. <laughs> wow. And wow. he... And he <laughs> They talk about that in the commentary, and Felicity Montague had totally forgotten. She was like, were you really? And he's going, yeah, genuinely, I was there, because we li- we were literally finalising the words <laughs> of the script. Wow. So, in the back seat. Uh, I've got a fun little text fact for you as well. Peter Serafinowicz was originally going to play Tumek, Sonia's boss in the cafe, but uh, the logistics of them speaking Ukrainian to each other, or pretending to, were too difficult, so he ended up being text instead. Too difficult, or they just didn't have the time to learn Ukrainian? So I guess the question is: Was there a text character already, and was someone else playing them, or like where does oh, that fit know. in? I don't know. Did they just have to adapt it? It sounded like they Probably were doing just, it pretty much last minute. Yeah, yeah. Went to the back of Coogan's car with Peter <laughs> Payne <and> just frantically <laughs> writing. <laughs> it's nice that Coogan uh, suggests that he's going to try and uh, lighten the mood by using a German Nazi accent, as if that's going to put Lynn at ease before no going more than ten minutes <laughs> <laughs> going to your mum's graveside. Yeah, Alan does refer to Nazis quite a lot in this series. I think mm. there are two references to Nazis in the first episode as well. Mm. He's obsessed. Yeah. Ten, um, ten minutes to grieve for your mother. That'd be awful. <laughs> While he's playing really loud music yeah. with the window down <laughs> yeah, a lot. That, the is, well. that is bad. Yeah. Uh, I think we're back at the uh, static home now, uh, aren't we? With uh, Where Gordon enters Lynn's love interest for the first time. 
So after Lynn's been uh, allowed her allocated 10 minutes of grieving, we're then back to Alan's house. Uh, I think something I love about this bit, they're having a conversation about Jesus. Lynn's saying, Jesus wasn't brown. And Alan says to her, let's not have this conversation now. So you definitely know they've had that conversation before. <laughs> it's a long-running theme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the point that Gordon, Lynn's love interest, enters as well. He is very stern, isn't he? Do we approve of Gordon? I'm not sure I do. Uh, he, I think he's overly stern isn't he although yeah. actually when you think about all the things but he's that got, does he's, to Lynn maybe he's not. got Lynn's best interests at heart yeah like, he's he, trying he, to put Alan in his place because yeah. Alan treats Lynn like a shit but he is threatening he's, physical violence yeah he's the lesser of two evils but I don't think he's okay yeah I wouldn't approve of him for our Lynn I don't think Lynn would approve the methods that he's having behind her back oh I don't know like threatening Alan she wouldn't want Alan beaten up by mm. or do you reckon they're empty threats do you reckon he actually would I think, I think he, he would, would. Yeah. I think he definitely would and I don't think Lynn's bad mouthed Alan but I think just from the things she's told Gordon he already doesn't like Alan he's worked yeah, for he, he is a copper as well yeah, yeah he's trying to establish a relationship with Lynn but Lynn as we've discussed is probably making herself available for Alan 24-7 so he's going to know the full extent of Alan's demands of Lynn's time so and, he's and not a con demands as well. he's not a con man then. I don't think he is <laughs> but even if um, uh, Lynn didn't say anything if kind of the conversation came up and she said oh I earn £8,000 a year that would probably be an early warning that your employer is not brilliant yep. so I guess for me I would feel pretty comfortable lying still to Gordon. I don't think he's a huge, like, <laughs> threat. I mean, Gordon, really? also, well, how old is Gordon? Gordon must be... Yeah, but he's been around the block, hasn't he's he? He knows a few shit. tricks. He's Maybe. seen some stuff. I don't know, but bear he in mind, in 2002, I was... Well, it doesn't matter how old I was. The point was, I was young, and I feel like Gordon was probably fif- late 50s, easily. I think he'd still knock your block off. I'd put money on him, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, correct. Uh, I mean, you've got to think, he's he's quite a stocky man. He's an ex-police officer. I think he's a bit handy with his fist if he had to be. Put yeah. it to the test. It's it was uh, 2002, though, remember? I, I could have been handy with my fists. You don't know. Mm, you weren't. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and still aren't. Yeah. Uh, so, so, anyway, I mean, basically... Alan is terrified of him anyway, because you go, oh, sorry, I thought you were going to tap me with your finger. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then at, the, at the end of that scene, God says, think on, and then Alan, Alan's sheepish, on, like on. a little school kid, I'm thinking on, I'm thinking on. Um, and then we go through to Alan's back in the static home, sorting through his collection of Bond VHS. So, and also Nutty Professor 2, Well, the exactly, you've got <laughs> Let Die, Golden, Raker, Eyes Only, Pussy, Daylights. Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps? Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps. No, nor have I. I went to the cinema to see the first one. That's a fact. Do you remember that we devised a movie rating system, which yeah. was yes. you would measure a film in Eddie Murphy heads, because the more people Eddie Murphy plays in a film, the worse the film is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So six Eddie Murphy heads out of six meant it was the worst possible film imaginable. Yeah. I think you could update that to be the Adam Sandler heads game. <laughs> what? If he's in it once, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Apart from Happy Gilmore. We'll and Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, that's also great. <laughs> sure. Oh, and uh, Sonia did get Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps for 90p from Scope. She overpaid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even, even if it's a charitable donation. They should have paid her. Uh, and there is a brilliant Alan line in this, uh, this scene, which I use at the start of the episode, when he goes, butter my ass" because he's remembered that he lent the spy who loved me to Michael. Or, as he calls him, that bloke who I used to chat to at the petrol station. <laughs> what, Michael? That is his name. <laughs> <laughs> is it at this point that Alan takes John on a bit of a tour? Yes. To the... well, he, I, Aren't I they think... going to go to Sprouston or something like that? <laughs> well, I genuinely haven't even. Well, I'm I think sure John. I think 
does John need to go to the timber yard or something like that? So I think Alan decides it's a way he can take John there to try and make Michael jealous, he, essentially. He basically parades John like a piece of meat in front of uh, Michael to go, oh, look. He I've, does, he does I've, but don't forget, before they leave, uh, Alan makes him share a bottle of Sunny Delight with him, <laughs> uh, which tees up for the Sunny Delight incident later in the episode. Uh, but also the writers did say that they, this was deliberately quite a homoerotic moment. So again, you've always got these weird homoerotic things between Alan and particularly the builders. Just a reminder that, uh, speaking of Sunny Delight, we do have some VHS cassettes submerged in Sunny D that later in the episode we're going to attempt to play to see if it does indeed ruin them or not. Mm, I I think I know what the answer's going to (laughs) be. At this point, do we move over to the BP garage? Yes, they've got the bottle of Sunny D, they've got two straws, they're off to the BP garage. Uh, and this is the point where uh, Alan is going through all sorts of kind of 90s slang trying to annoy Michael. I mean, hello, to which Michael replies, hello. <laughs> he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't get it. Uh, this, is, this is also the first time that John is referred to by name as well. Ah, okay. So when Alan is uh, parading around like a piece of meat, show him your tool belt. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. Uh, Michael, uh, it takes him a long time for the penny to drop that he's uh, that basically he's fallen out with Alan, but he looks genuinely crushed once he realises. Mm. Yeah, I think, to be fair, Michael takes it a little bit hard. I mean, let's face it, it is his, well, maybe not his best friend, but certainly one of his friends, and he's kind of a bit like, you know, yeah. upset by it. He is a little bit sad, isn't yeah. he? Potentially yeah. going to lose one of the four men he talks to at the BP garage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you can kind of look at it two ways. Is it a bit like they're going through a breakup, or is it a bit like they're two kids that have had a bit of a falling out? It's kind of it works yeah. on a couple of levels. I think it? It, I think it's mainly the latter. It, everything they do is it's very, very childish, childish yeah. in this at this point. Uh, I was just thinking though, we talked the other week about the fact that Simon Greenall was doing uh, boxing uh, during the recording mm. of this series. Uh, so in this scene uh, in particular. He does have a black eye from a boxing match the night before, which was covered up with makeup, but it, apparently his face does look a bit puffy if you know where to look. Mm. Mm. Naughty. Naughty Simon. Naughty Simon. <laughs> uh, anything more from the BP garage? Uh, no, uh, although I think that is post-BP uh, garage. They then go to Sprouston. Okay. that That's right. Uh, yeah, Alan says, programmes about storms, get a life. Come on, John, let's go to Sprouston. <laughs> Do you have any stories about Sprouston and can you link them to the darkness? <laughs> <laughs> no, although Michael does name the street that he lives on uh, and it doesn't exist. Is it Litho Street? Lismuth Street. When does he say that? In the scene? In the scene. <laughs> How? What's the context? With his mouth. What, <laughs> says, I live in Lithow Street. Oh, no, he's... Um, Alan, because Alan wants to get his Spy Love Me video back. So yeah. he says, any other property that you have in mind? He said, I haven't got it here, it's at home. And Alan says, where? In America. <laughs> Mike says, no, in Litho Street. I don't think I've clocked that. Oh. Uh, Just got to listen to the words. Fair enough. So back at the static car- caravan, uh, it's time for Lynn's pay rise, which Ooh. is pivotal. Yep. Uh, she obviously, he keeps going up, uh, keeping an eye on Gordon for approval of the amount. Eight yeah. and a half. Nine, 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 and there's a lot of money talk at this point because he ends up bartering to get John the Builder to stay for his protection against Gordon. How uh, much is a monkey? How much is a monkey? <laughs> 500. How much is a mouse? No such amount. <laughs> how much is a pony? 150. It settles on a pony and a bag of hooves, which is 200 pounds. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, it's around this point that I get another pivotal moment the Sunny D spillage. Well, this, this is where Felicity Montague gets to do her big stunt, which she mm. had to do in one take. Yes, she did do it, nail it in first take. I was there. I watched it happen. What, wow. with Lee Damage? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm Lee the Cabbage. Lee, friend of the show, Lee Debbage. Stop going on about Lee Cabbage. <laughs> Never going to meet, meet him. We don't even practice these things. That just happens. We'll get to it later as well, but uh, Coogan's Spy Who Loved Me Run Through was done in one take as well, which is really, genuinely astonishing. Brilliant. Yeah, uh, I you, think... Sorry, you go. No, no, I was just going to say, I think the thing that uh, I like here is that the issue isn't that, uh, you know, he's effectively thrown Lynn to the floor and potentially hurt or injured her. The issue is the videos might be damaged by Sunny Delight yeah. and no one takes any time to consider the fact he that Lynn... He doesn't might... push her, though. She sleeps. Yeah, yeah she, he doesn't throw her to the floor. And obviously he can't get angry with her because Gordon's in the room. Yeah. My question to all yeah, of yeah. you would be, what would her punishment have been if Gordon wasn't around? Oh, I don't even... I mean, she'd have lost that pay rise for starters. Yeah, yeah. pay rise revoked, and I think maybe pay pay taken lower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he uh, she'd have to, to immediately go and replace those VHS tapes as well, and and the Sunny Delight. Yeah, but instead, his rage is directed in uh, a more unexpected direction. Uh, he goes outside <laughs> to smash up his cereals. And <laughs> um, this is the bit that I hate the most in the series. I just think this is. The, the, for me, this is a jumping the shark moment. Why would he react like this and go and bash up his cereal it's and a bit like saw yeah. a box of cereal? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense, and it's really slapstick. It has no relation to anything. Even with the sunny delight being uh, accidentally spilled, you've got the fact teed up earlier in the episode that Alan likes to drink sunny delight. Yeah. There's no reference to cereals anywhere. It just no. it's out of nowhere, the and it's it's immediate as well. This happens. He's annoyed. He picks up all these boxes of cereals, goes outside like it's been planned. I just think it's mental and it doesn't work. The only thing, I, I mean, the key word there is mental. The only thing I can think of yeah. is that he is he is literally so close always to some kind of nervous breakdown that he does kind of punch the wall a little bit. So a is few it like times. a coping technique? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. I just think sometimes maybe he is just so mentally fragile that there are points where he might just go into full breakdown yeah, mode. He has to take a hammer to some Yeah, he's, he's had to that, find something that he can do damage to and, and, and still be all right with everybody. I wonder if it's a technique he was taught after he was clinically fed up for two but, years. But again, I, I think, like, that, that kind of all makes sense. But then I think it would work better in the script if it was kind of alluded to in some way yeah. before then. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah. an immediate action. I wonder if they lost a scene along the way that would have given it a bit of context. Maybe. Possibly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because immediately, Michael's, what are you doing? Just, just destroying my cereals. <laughs> like, like it needs no further explanation. Cue Michael's only genuine funny joke, probably of the whole output of Alan Partridge. Uh, Folk Mike said you're a serial killer. Oh, in, interesting take on the accent, but yeah. That's good. <laughs> he was American, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he makes up with Alan. Two grown men uh, making up worse than children. It gets a bit weird because Michael gets a bit weird and awkward he's like oh I've really missed you like oh yeah it, just, it gets a, uh, yeah, it gets a little bit weird and he falls to the ground and he's yeah. basically in a position to be bummed by Alan yeah. Yeah. that is that's just weird that bit yeah very slapstick and a bit silly yeah uh, I thought it was there's a joke where Alan refers to a hoe I'm amazed that Alan knows what hoe means but does he mean the garden utensil no he doesn't um I don't think that's such a surprise when you think... I think is it in one of the he live Coogan with... shows where um, he says something like, what's up, G? Some homie's been dissing a bitch. Yeah. Also, he has, worked with, the streets, he like... has worked with Meteor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. He, he's seen it all. <laughs> as long as it's softcore. Fair enough. Uh, there's a face-off between Alan and Tex, but it's over in seconds because Tex doesn't care. Yeah. Not interested. And Tex has also recorded uh, some American things on the video. God, yeah. America's strongest man, yeah. <laughs> or Norfolk's maddest man, <laughs> <laughs> would watch. Yeah. Uh, is this the point where people start getting Bond wrong? Uh, yes, yeah. He obviously goes into that massive tirade about um, the Bond intro. Michael takes away the punchline. Alan gets annoyed. It goes on forever, and I would say that it is 
it's fine and it's funny, but it's not the best of. Uh, what when he Park acts Ridge. out the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, oh it's amazing. On. Just me. I yeah. Think I think it's. I think it's great, and I can also absolutely sympathise because there's nothing worse than overhearing a conversation where people are getting facts about something you know wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the most annoying thing. Before Alan goes into retelling the whole intro of the film. We have Michael say, what's the one with the volcano? And it's, it splits up and a big rocket comes out and there's all chinkies jumping doom. Unbelievable. Um, has anyone seen the uh, Partridge description of that intro played over the top of the actual <laughs> footage? There's a YouTube video of someone good. who's done that. It's amazing. We, I should, we should definitely put post, that we'll post that on, on, Facebook, on the yeah. socials. Yeah. And also, the thing is, it's absolutely perfect. It is actually to the second okay. he nails it it's so good although I don't know whether whoever put that to put the audio together with the footage have, have maybe they've edited it slightly so it does sync up properly they I'm could have sure. done that but I really hope they didn't because <laughs> basically I would like to think that Coogan had gone to the actual level of detail of getting it absolutely perfect anything else from this episode of note yeah I, I, I just think this whole scene with Alan retelling it is is brilliant and <laughs> when he's getting interrupted by Michael and shouts Michael <laughs> I thought it was very reminiscent of season yep. season one as well which uh, I thought was yeah. maybe maybe a deliberate thing maybe same was, intonation yeah Honestly. exactly the same yeah and also like the little oh, bit of nipple bit of yep. bush <laughs> oh what was that too late <laughs> too late <laughs> remember Nick doesn't like it so don't no laugh. Nick hates yeah. it so uh, I, I reckon there's people out there that also don't think it's the best well look I would, I would say for me this is the weakest episode of the series I think agreed interesting because IMDB has it's the strongest rated yeah 9 out of 10 on IMDb yeah, what are they know mental, mental. Uh, have they got a podcast no <laughs> <laughs> and that's the metric we judge it on yeah. um, <laughs> might as well do but they uh, are owned, up, owned by Amazon though so I think financially they're, they're laughing sure yeah um, I've got a bit of general uh, a Partridge info YouGov did a survey about uh, that age groups of people that enjoy Alan Partridge uh, I'll quote from it now uh I'm Alan Partridge, the sitcom which made Steve Coogan's comedy creation famous aired from 97 to 2002. Perhaps unsurprisingly then, the poll shows that those who find him funny tend to be younger. Excluding those who don't know or haven't watched, 58% of 18 to 39-year-olds find The Partridge funny. I don't know where they put The Partridge. (laughs) While 68% of over 60s do not, squares. Uh, Overall, however, 40% of British adults do not find Mr. Partridge funny, compared to a third, 34%. And he's gone from The Partridge to Mr. Partridge. (laughs) (laughs) What? They've done less research than us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 27% of people don't know or haven't watched it. But I mean, that gives you a good idea. Of, of, yeah. pe- of people polled, that 73% of people had at least heard of him. So it's a big deal. So that's about it for this episode. Episode four of series two, Never Say Alan Again. But we've got more stuff to come yet. We have to check that our uh, Sunny Delight doused VHS tapes, whether they work or whether they're ruined. Uh, we're going to play a game of Partridge versus Morrissey. And there's also this week's Cards Against Alanity coming up shortly. Okay, at the top of the episode, you'll remember that we doused some VHS tapes in Sunny Delight. We're now about to find out if they still work or if they are indeed, as Alan predicted, ruined. Uh, we're going to be testing uh, a copy of Spielberg's 93 opus, Schindler's List. Uh, it looks, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely covered in juice. Uh, there's a lot of condensation. Um, Basically, it's quite a hot day in London where we're recording today, so it has dried out a little bit. So I think basically what we're going to find out is if Alan had literally just left them out to dry a bit, could he have actually fulfilled his plan of the Bond marathon? So let's uh, let's check it out. Before you hit play, uh, can I get a thumbs up or thumbs down whether you think that this is going to play correctly? Tom Stab thinks it is. 
Tom Dark is thinking about it. Nick says no. Okay, I'm. I'm also going to say yes. Producer Jed, do you think he also thinks yes? A lot of positivity in the room. Come on then. Come on, Schindler's List. There's also the possibility (laughs) that Tom Dark will get electrocuted, but (laughs) at least we'll have some killer footage. Yep. Okay. We're loading. It's in. It's It's loading. Oh, some static there. Something's happened. We had a bit of static. It's gone back to a back to a blue screen. Oh, this is like in medical dramas when they're going for the third go on the defibrillator. Tell you what, it's looking like on this specific tape. Yeah, it's ruined. It's ruined. <laughs> it genuinely is. <laughs> He's ejecting it. Okay. Should we try another one? Oh, it's been chewed the, to shit. The tape has been chewed. We're going to try one more. Why don't you go for Scream 3 if you can find it? Okay, I'll back up VHS Scream 3. But on the uh, on the evidence we've seen so far, it's very... No, no, oh, no. No, not that no, one. Actually, not that one. we're not, not going to use Screen 3 because it is, it is dripping. Sodden. <laughs> that, is, that is dripping. Dripping yeah, with juice. It's dripping in here, Tom. I think, I think this is conclusive proof that these yeah, VHSs I think they're ri- yeah, they're are ruined. ruined. They're ruined. So actually, you know, Alan was well within his rights to abandon ship pretty quickly when they were spilt when the sunny d was spilt on there he absolutely was oh there you go well, i'll tell you what we've learned something and that is don't spill sunny delight or some cheap knockoff because sunny delight doesn't exist in the uk anymore all over your vhs's <laughs> Terrington St. Clement, Thetford Forest. It's 10pm. This is Norfolk Nights with Alan Partridge. Okay, so it's time for a new Partridge-based quiz. We've done a couple of these in the past. Uh, This week we are going to play Partridge versus Morrissey. Oh, take me out. (laughs) Who is that impression of Partridge and Morrissey? Tonight. Uh, So what we have here... uh, these are excerpts from both of their autobiographies, so what I need the rest of the team to guess is who said what. Are you ready? Eyes yes. down, look in. Born it on. Right, numero one. Naturally, my birth almost kills my mother, for my head is too big. Was it Alan, or was it Stephen Patrick Morrissey? It's Partridge. Partridge. Yeah, that's a unanimous Partridge. That is wrong, it was Morrissey. Oh. I'm just going to get the bell for when you do get one right. It's a dig. Uh, number two. Sadly, I can't say the same for my father, who is probably in a different place. Hell. Oh, I think... I don't, I don't remember. It's tough, but I think it's Partridge. I think it's Morrissey. Now, I've read both of these books, and I did this quiz myself a few <laughs> days ago, and I'm still <laughs> struggling to be sure what the answers are. I think it's Morrissey. Got a deciding vote. Okay, well, let's... Partridge, then. Okay. You're going Partridge. Correct. Number three. The brain comprises 70% water, which means it's a similar consistency to tofu. That that is partridge, definitely partridge. It's partridge. Number four. I walk to the shop every day to buy things that I don't need because I want the owner to still feel relied upon, rain or shine. That sounds Morrissey to me. It's Mozza. Yeah. Question number five. St. Mary's Secondary Modern School on Renton Road may indeed be secondary, but it is not modern. (laughs) Morrissey Morrissey or Partridge? It's Morrissey. Number six. (laughs) Morrissey. (laughs) (laughs) Number six. 
Putting a damp spoon back in the bowl is a tea drinking equivalent of sharing a needle, and I did not want to end up with a tea drinking equivalent of AIDS. Partridge. It's partridge. Number seven. It was a childhood friend, Anthony, who told me the reason why girls fluttered around me and what it was that they wanted. He told me this because I didn't know, and even when I did know, I was less interested than when I didn't know. Morrissey. Morrissey. It's Morrissey! Yeah. <laughs> Number eight. Smashing this button, <clears throat> Yeah. Number eight. The father, Trevor, was an asthmatic, but what he lacked in being able to breathe quietly, he more than made up for with parental skill. Partridge. <laughs> it's Partridge. <laughs> I think... We should, we should have recapped this at the start of the quiz. Apart from me, has anybody read the Morrissey book? No. No, no. okay. Oh, Jed Producer has, Jed has. not allowed to speak, so... Basically, fine. if we don't recognise it from the Partridge <laughs> book... Yeah, that, that's how the guests are working. The doorbell rings, and there stands Vanessa Redgrave. She goes on about social injustice in Namibia, and how we must all build a raft by late afternoon, preferably out of coconut matting. Morrissey. Yeah, I don't Morrissey. recognise it's being Partridge. It's the Moz. <laughs> Number ten. Now I know how Joan of Arc felt... <laughs> Your guesses, please. Uh, well, oh, surely he wouldn't. Surely Morrissey wouldn't put that in his own book. I think it is Morrissey. Got to push you for an answer here, guys. Oh. Well, I don't remember it in the Partridge book. No, I don't either. So we going Morrissey. Morrissey. God, I hope we're not right. It's Moz. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. God. Don't worry, we've only got it's three It's a penguin left. classic, remember. We've only got three left. We're, we're <laughs> at Angelus. Eleven. On the doorstep, she asked me whether right or left would be the best direction to find a taxi. And although her best bet would be left, I suggest she turns right. It's churlish of me, but it's she who has set the pace. Morrissey. I mean, yeah, it's Morrissey. <laughs> Number 12. This is my favourite. <laughs> like a good-looking John Merrick, mine was a face that looks really <laughs> shit. Partridge. partridge. It's Partridge. <laughs> right, last question. <laughs> I'd spent hours in HMV, Virgin Megastore, and second-hand record shops staffed by greasy-haired 40-year-olds dressed as 20-year-olds, and I came to the startling but unshakable conclusion no genuinely good music has been created <laughs> since 1988. Partridge. Is that Morrissey or is that Partridge? Partridge. 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 I think we all know. It's Partridge. Yay. Well done, you got 12 out of 13, guys. Congratulations. Right, Adam, are you ready for some more cards against Alanity? I absolutely am. Everybody get your cards ready. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, I think everyone knows how this works, but a very quick recap. Uh, we've taken phrases from Alan Partridge, this series of I'm Alan Partridge, and uh, everybody's picked a handful each. Uh, I'm going to give them an incomplete sentence from this week's episode. They have to complete it as best they can. Producer Jed picks a winner and pings his bell for the one he likes most. So the phrase we are looking for is, look at my badge, it says Michael blank. That sentence again is, uh, look at my badge, it says Michael, comma, blank. Push you for an answer, Tom. Okay, okay. Let's have a quick look through those. Once he's selected a winner, hand them back and we'll read through all of them. Come on, Jed, I need to get on the scoreboard here. Oh yeah, just a recap of the scores at this point. Tom Dark's got two and I, Adam, have one. So, here they are. Look at me badge, it says Michael, access to the kids. <laughs> look at me badge, it says Michael, a pony and a bag of hooves. Look at me badge, it says Michael, a laser beam going up his jaffers. Uh, oh, it's me! Oh. Oh. The final one was look at me badge. It says Michael, a boy in care. <laughs> so I the, that's the best one. The score now. Tom Stab is the only one yet to get on the scoreboard. Nick has one. I have one, and Tom Dark has two. So that's it for Cards Against Alanity and this episode of Monkey Tennis. We've created a playlist of uh, a lot of the music played during the second series of I'm Alan Partridge, which is on Spotify. We'll put the links for that up at our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter at The Partridge Pod, uh, facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod, or email us thepartridgepod at gmail.com. Next week, we'll be looking at episode five, I Know What Alan Did Last Summer. Until then, from everybody at Monkey Tennis, thank you and goodbye. Bye. 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 Monkey Tennis is a post-pop podcast produced by Jed Shepard. The artwork's by Dave McNamara and the theme is an excerpt of the Black Beauty theme, Galloping Home, by Dennis King. To find out more about the records and podcasts made by post-pop, head to postpoprecords.com. Hello, uh, Nick from Monkey Tennis again. Yep, sorry about that. Uh, Just a quick one to say that if you did enjoy the show, why wouldn't you? Uh, please feel free to leave uh, a review and rate us and just uh, let us know what you think of the show. Apparently it makes a difference to some kind of an iTunes charty thing. Anyway, uh, five stars or, you know, whatever you want to leave is absolutely brilliant. Uh, and yeah, we, uh, we really, really appreciate you taking the time. So thank you. Bye-bye. Monkey tennis. Damn! Monkey tennis. Monkey tennis? Go to London, I guarantee you'll either be mugged or not appreciated. Monkey tennis? Monkey tennis? Uh, On the whole, a very good effort. Seven on ten. It's hotter than the sun! Back of the net. Monkey tennis? Yeah. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 